real good friend that goes to a church where Brother Jimmy's been preaching some. So we brag back and forth about who's got Brother Jimmy. Well, today, North Athens has got Brother Jimmy. I ask that you listen prayerfully as he brings us God's word. He was talking about Terry Smith. Anybody know him? Think about Terry. He gives me Christmas ties. And I've got a whole bunch of them through the years. And and uh, I was down there during the holidays, during Christmas, uh, right before Christmas. And I was, so I, I wore one Christmas tie that morning. And uh, that night I was going to preach on uh, the Grinch. I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you who the Grinch is. And, of course, everybody looked at Terry, you know. But uh, I wore my Grinch tie that night. But uh, I'm glad to be here with you today. It's always good to come to North Athens, and I appreciate Bob being kind enough to ask me to come. Did anybody uh, see David Jeremiah this morning? Anybody? Good. <laughs> know what I mean by that? I very, I very seldom watch him on uh, Sunday morning. Most time it's Sunday afternoon or uh, sometime. But I just happened to come across him this morning, and he announced his text, Psalm 1. And Ozella said, isn't that what you're going to preach on? I started listening to him and watching him, and I thought, boy. But he went a different direction than I'm going to go, Okay. So um, <clears throat> take your Bibles if you want to, please, and follow with me. And I'm just going to share with you this morning on how to get started right. We're um, quickly approaching a new year. And um, whoever dreamed of 2020? When I was a little boy, I... Uh, <clears throat> I thought, boy, if I could just uh, if I could just be fifty years of age, and here I am going to be uh, a <laughs> long way from fifty coming up in April. Goodness, time gets away, doesn't it? But here we are. We're going to start a new year. So what I want us to do this morning is just look at some principles that will help us in our daily walk in our Christian life. And church, I want to challenge you. Christian Christian life and Christian living is just not on Sunday. It's every day. You agree? Every day. It's not just coming to church on Sunday and, and going through a time of worship. Uh, the Christian life is every day. If Christ lives in you, it's an everyday experience. Every day. Every day. So I want us to look at some things, and I, I think this is something we need to remember. If you read Psalm 1, which was read to you, you will find out that God's Word is so important. So important. And I want to challenge you this next year. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Greg said, memorize some. It's so important. The Word of God is so important in our lives, church, and we can't live without it. Just as you 
uh, just as you take in nourishment and food to nourish your body, we need to take in the Word of God to help us to grow to be the kind of people that we ought to be. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, the grass will withereth, the flower is going to fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Isn't that wonderful? To know that God's word will never pass away. Everything that's in God's word is sure and steadfast, dependable, is going to be there, and it'll never, never fade away. And then Matthew 24, 35 Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Things change. Times change. Situations change. But church, the word of God does not change. It is sure and steadfast. So let's take a look at Psalm 1 for just a few moments this morning. In these verses, we're going to learn the secret of how God blesses us, okay? Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Happy is that man. I believe this is God's prescription for happiness. And I want to be happy, don't you? And I know every day we can't get up with, with bubbling over because there are circumstances and there are situations and there are problems and there are burdens that we go through. So therefore, but see, being happy doesn't mean that we can't be happy uh, in, in a situation, we can if we got Jesus Christ, if we have Him. We discover that blessedness relates to the way we live and the choices that we make. And that's what the psalmist talked about here in Psalms chapter 1. There are two ways, and only two ways to live. There are two kinds of people in the world, righteous and wicked now let me say it this way and just come, come home to where we live. In this auditorium this morning, I don't know a thing about your heart. I don't know your relationship with Jesus Christ. But here's the thing about it. There's only two kinds of people. You're either saved or you're lost. Amen? Yeah. Either saved or lost. There's only two kinds of people in the world. Saved and lost. There's no in-between there's no, well, I tell you what, I'm a good guy, and, and don't you think that counts for something? No, we're either saved or we're lost. So Psalms 1 tells us how the righteous live and why they are blessed. And then it shows us the end results of both ways of life. First of all, let's look at verses 1 through 3, the way of the righteous. Now these are simple statements, church. And it's possible for a person to have a truly blessed and happy life. And this source of happiness comes from Jesus Christ and Christ only. And we know who holds the future. Aren't you glad that we know that uh, who holds our future? I'm glad. I don't know what's going to happen down the road. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know what's going to happen uh, six months from now but I do know one thing nail this down okay if you don't get anything else Jesus Christ holds my future and if you're saved he holds yours amen yeah he holds yours 
He holds our future in his hands. Well, now, being blessed begins with some negative and not the positive. Isn't that something? Here is the blessed man. The righteous person does not do certain things. Notice what the psalmist said. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the moral unstable. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a time in your life like the morals of this nation right now? Never. Several years ago, things that we condone today were just, I mean, there were, they, were, they weren't even talked about. They, were, they weren't even thought about. And the moral condition of our nation has, has gone to the very bottom and we're there. Isn't that tragic? Church is tragic. Things that we used to that we used to call sin is no longer sin according to society. But listen to me, all right? Just because society says that something is right doesn't make it right. If God says it's sin, if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen? Yeah, that's it. That's it. So the righteous person doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Something else he doesn't do. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. In other words, his lifestyle choice. And we do have choices. We make choices every day. How is your lifestyle? Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with what God says? Lifestyle. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. And he doesn't sit in the seat of mockers. In other words, he doesn't have long-term fellowship with those who openly reject Jesus Christ. Remember, church, sin's going to always move in to control us if it can. Let me use this illustration. Uh, when I was a boy, we, uh, we lived out in the country. We didn't live on a farm, but, but Dad did have a cow. And, and every year, he, he raised a couple of pigs. And you know what that meant? Country ham and bacon and sausage. You know, it's just the last few years that I've learned to eat sausage again. And how come I wasn't eating it? My mother canned it. Do you know what I mean by that? In jars. And as a little boy, I would be in the kitchen while she was canning. And uh, boy, now Jimmy, stay away from the sausage. No, nope, I didn't. And I got so that I didn't like it until the last few years. We'd have all that good stuff. But here's something I found out, even as a little boy. Those pigs... Dad could, dad could move them out of that pen and move them somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you what they always did. You know what I'm fixing to say. They're going to find themselves a mud hole and the mud. And folks, listen to me. Sin will do us that way if we let it. We'll always go back if we're not careful. You can clean up a pig, but he's going to find the dirt and he's going to find the mud hole. Well, 
Blessedness comes from building your life on the word of God. Notice what he says in verse 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. In other words, he's building his life on the principles of the word of God. And the godly person delights in the word of God. Delight determines your direction. What do you delight in? Where is, where is your heart this morning? What does, what does your heart really mean? Meditate simply means we're going to digest something very thoroughly. Just get into the Word of God. Go over it and over it and over it. And that's what I like to do. Just, just read it and read it over again and read it over again. And I found this out in, in all my years of preaching. God lets me live till this September coming, 59 years in the ministry. And uh, I found out one thing. Number one, I don't know everything. <laughs> and number two, I can study a scripture to work on a sermon and just, and there's, and I always get something new. It doesn't mean that God's word's changing. It just simply means I hadn't seen it before and now I'm finding it out and now I'm learning it and now the Holy Spirit is revealing this to me as I study God's Word. So there's no wrong way to meditate. Anytime's a good time to get into the Word of God and study the Word of God. Now, blessedness is marked by stability and fruitfulness. The Bible says the tree is planted by the rivers and streams of water, and that means that tree grows and prospers and brings forth fruit. Church, God wants us to prosper and bring forth fruit in the Christian life. And he wants us to grow up in him. I think one of, I'll be honest with you, I think one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life in the ministry and the years I've been preaching is to see people that have been saved for a long time and they've never really grown up. They still stay in the baby stage in their life as a Christian. God wants us to grow. God wants us to grow up in him, in maturity, and learn as we go every day. Well, we've talked about the righteous, things that he doesn't do. Now let's talk about the way of the wicked for just a moment. Verse 4 and 5. Notice what the Bible says. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The wicked are ultimately insubstantial. In other words, they're changing every day. They have new theories. They have new ideas. They have new beliefs. They just want to hang on to something, and yet they don't have anything. They want to get to something, and there's nothing there when they get there. The way of the wicked. Their true character is going to be revealed in the day of judgment. They're not going to be able to stand because they have no roots. They're not going to be able to make it because there's nothing there for them. They haven't trusted. Well, what's the end of both ways? We see that in verse 6. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Now to me, that's a personal relationship. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. See, those that are saved are going to endure forever. I don't have to worry about it. I can, I can lay my head on my pillow at night and know that if, if I go out into eternity during the night, I know 
where I'm going to be. In church, that's the most important thing in all the world. You agree? Knowing where you're going to be in eternity. Because, see, the thing about it, church, is this. All of us are going to live somewhere in eternity. We're going to live. We're not going to just pass on and be gone after this life is over. Our, we're going to live somewhere in eternity. And for the child of God to know where we're going and to know that someday when this thing is over, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord forever and forever and forever. That ought to make us say, Amen, Hallelujah. To know where we're going. And the righteous know where they're going. But the wicked and the wicked ways, those who've rejected Jesus Christ, they're going to perish. They're going to perish. And they're going to be in eternity forever and forever and forever without Jesus Christ. Folks, I want my heart's my heart's desire, and as I studied for this sermon, I said, Lord, just let me let me get where I can my heart be challenged for this next year where I can grow and be stronger and stronger in you. And this is not to be an alarmist. I, this, this is not my job to alarm anybody, but I believe with all of my heart, the more I study the Word of God, the more I study the Word of God, the more I realize that I believe with all of my heart we're in the last days. Church, I believe it. Now, you say you mean the Lord's going to come pretty soon? I don't know. But I believe with all of my heart as I study the Word of God and look at, and look at where we are in, this, in our society, I believe the coming of the Lord is very near. And I want to be doing church. I want to be doing all I can before He comes. Don't you? I want to be doing. I want to be loving Him, serving Him. I want to be doing everything I can to tell my friends and my loved ones about Christ. I would venture to say there are lost people all around this church in this community that doesn't know Jesus and needs a Savior. And church, it's our responsibility. I won't challenge you. It's our responsibility. You'll say, well, they're going to come. We're living in a different day. <laughs> people don't just get up on Sunday morning Lost people and say, well, I'm going to go to church today. It's some place to go. No, they've got everything in the world clamoring for, their, for them. We've got to be able to share the gospel and give them something, and that something is Jesus Christ. Do you agree? That's it. We've got to give them Jesus Christ and Christ only. I want to get started right. I want to, this next year, I want it to be a year that will bring glory and honor and praise for my life to the Lord. Let's stand together for prayer, please.